0: Right, welcome back to the Diabolical Podcast. I'm Eric Kane. Uh, thank you for listening or watching. Uh, today, I've got with me JJ Lugo. Hey, how's it going, man?
1: Hey, what's up, my dude? How you been? How you holding
0: up? I I've been good. I've been <laughs> I've been getting in lots of fights. So I I saw you over you know.
1: here going twelve rounds with like everybody on Twitter. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, that's, that's what I do to stay to keep my wits about me. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> just gotta. Just piss everybody off, and then get in big fights, and then get really stressed out, and then, uh, then then back off, and then do it all again. <laughs> it's like it's like
1: somebody say, you know that episode of like the Boondocks where they say like when once somebody throws a chair, a whole fight breaks out. It's like somebody's throwing a chair every day, like on Twitter apparently. But at least oh, yeah. at least you know it makes good like watching material. Like when you're from a distance, it's like mm-hmm. watching, it's like damn, that's my stuff.
0: <laughs> I, I try to be entertaining. Yeah. I try to, you know, Like, just come, come, come look at my Twitter feed for a little bit and, uh, and be bring be popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> bring popcorn, bring lots of popcorn. Yeah, exactly. How have you been? Oh, have man, you, it was your birthday. Yes. On the
1: 29th. Yeah. I just turned 33. Uh, I had a very chill birthday. I'm having a chill week. You know, I'm not like doing a lot. So I did some stuff because I did a couple videos for YouTube and such, but I'm having a really chill week. I enjoyed that. And again, now we're getting ready to get, you know, ready for a uh, July 4th coming up in the next few days. So a lot of cool yep. stuff. Nice. Yep. Yeah. My birthday was the
0: 20th actually. So we're, oh, word. we're both Gemini. Yeah.
1: Wait, that's the, so tw- the, 20th, 40, of, the so. 20th of uh, June. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause I'm a cancer. So yeah, we're like, we're like oh, in the right. same month. That's right. Cause that's it's what what like that cutoff was like, like right there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the 20th the 20th is the is the cusp of cancer mm. and gemini that's right i always forget what the dates are with the whole astrology thing. but we're summer yeah, babies My daughter's really <laughs> into that shit but yeah summer babies exactly yeah um so i was always kind of young in school like in my grade i don't know about you but hmm. um but it was always nice it was nice to have a birthday in the summer and i also like having a june birthday because like christmas comes in december so yeah. as a kid it was like my birthday and then I, six months later christmas and i have cousins whose birthdays are like the December 23rd, December 24th. And I always thought, man, that sucks. They get all (laughs) their presents at the same time, and then they have to wait a whole year oh, to hell no. get more presents. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like at
1: least you've got like checkpoints throughout the year where you know you're getting some or something's going yeah, down. Exactly. What was cool for me was that my birthday happened right after school ended. So like elementary, middle, and high school, and things used to end like right at the beginning mm-hmm. of June, like those first few weeks. And then right after that, I would have my birthday and everything else. So yeah, it was pretty cool to know that like once school was done, then I could just chill and enjoy my birthday to
0: its full effect. Oh, you know what else was cool about the, that in in some schools, at least I went to a bunch of different schools, but in some schools, if you had a summer birthday, they would put you on the list for a, like an in-class birthday in mm. a different month completely so that you could still have your birthday celebrated uh. at school. So then you got like an extra birthday. Oh, so wow. then you got like extra birthday, you get a summer birthday, Christmas is nicely distanced. Everyone should be born in June. It's a great month. For real, born, I tell you, it's awesome. It's the best month, the very best month. Damn right. <laughs>
1: I mean, next to Christmas. Let's be real. Christmas or the holidays. You know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, all that whole that's that stuff at the end of the year. That's really the best month, like of the year, period. But like mm, June, June is up there, though. I've always liked Christmas. Some people hate Christmas, but I do like. I the love whole Christmas. And
0: I, and I, you know, here it it doesn't usually get super snowy by Christmas, but I do. You know, I was born in Montana, so. Uh, it would get really snowy and it just felt very Christmassy with the lights mm-hmm. out, you know, and, the you know, like just three feet of snow. Oh, yeah. Whole, Dude, like yeah. I, I had
1: a Christmas because I used to live in New York. I was up there for like almost 20 something years and I was upstate. So not only did we get the white Christmas where I had to shovel snow, you know, to make a little bit of allowance mm-hmm. money and stuff like that. But it was like that true traditional Christmas that everybody talks about where it's like okay like especially if you go to the city for like Rockefeller Center during the Christmas holiday that's the best for that time of the year because not only nice. is there's like so much stuff exactly. going on just the whole atmosphere about it like it's really like straight out of the commercials like in real life it's really that <laughs> cool it's really that chill yeah. I, and even now well not more recently because I haven't been to New York in quite a while but like the last time I went up there around that time frame like especially the best time to visit New York is like in the fall like from that September onward because that's the best weather hands down. But the last time I was up there around the holiday season, it really felt like different, especially, you know, experiencing that as a kid, as opposed to when I got older and such, you start to appreciate that and like really get the full effect of that more. And it's really dope.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I am. I'm always sad when it's not, uh, really snowy here Mm. and it usually you know in in flagstaff arizona people think arizona and they think it's really hot but this is we're in the mountains so we do get a lot of snow but it's usually not until january or february Mm. so i'm always like i'm like i think i wish christmas was in january or february like when it gets really cold and really snowy here, that's when I want. That's when I want all the lights out. And the it's almost too early in December. Sometimes we're still, you know, we're in shorts and T-shirts in December here. So. Yo, dude, at least, least you get snow. It, yeah. At
1: least you get snow in yeah, Florida. That's true. We don't get snow at all. Like, period. Yeah. So we get true. no white Christmas. Like Christmas on the beach <laughs> still sounds like a pretty cool freaking thing. I've done that before. That's awesome. But like, you do kind of miss snow at some point.
0: Hmm. Oh, I like the, I like having four seasons. Like I. I don't know. I, I enjoy the summer, but sometimes I find myself thinking, man, I wish it was colder. Hmm. <laughs> well, it's been hot this, this year. Too. Yeah. It's been exceptionally hot. And uh, yeah, I'm ready for I'm ready for it to start raining. Like, we, we get the monsoons here also, and um,
1: I'm ready for those. Dude, you could take some I'm of the ones we got rain. in Florida. You could take all the storms <laughs> yes, we've been we'll get getting them. in Florida. We've been getting mad. <laughs> this whole week, we've been getting rain. Like It's just raining for no reason. Ah. It's raining when it's sunny out, dude. dude. It's like what the hell is yeah. this? It's like,
0: I've been in Florida when it rained like that. I remember we went to Disney World and we went to the um, like Cocoa Beach, hmm. and I remember it was just like really, really sunny, and then suddenly it was just dumping rain. Yeah, on us and it was sunny. It you know, happens like, all oh, the time down cool. here. It's so funny. We'll send some over to Arizona because it's on fire, and we could use we it. Got <laughs> we got plenty.
1: We got plenty.
0: So, um, so
1: video games, yes. video games. What have you been playing lately? Oh That's man. Cool. I've been playing a lot I probably play more than the average person because I I, I try to do like a, a YouTube review almost every single week so I try to play a nice. game to completion so I play a lot of different things at the same time usually simultaneously uh, the last couple of games I played to completion was Ratchet and Clank Rift apart that was my that's my favorite nice. PS5 game right now It is the best PS5 game to me right now at the moment keep in mind I didn't get yeah, to play returnal or anything like that. But um, okay. besides that, I played Guilty Gear Strive. I did a re- written review for that for Flynn's Arcade uh, and a couple videos on YouTube for that. Uh, Virtual Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. I've been enjoying that as well. I've been I've been making people rage quit a lot there's something about like (laughs) when you're playing online and like i know i'm not the best player in the world i know i'm not daigo or i'm not justin wong but i am pretty nice a little bit in some of these games uh nice enough to make someone rage quit and that that's like a euphoric (laughs) feeling because you you know you got the you got the pretty much the clearance to make fun of them at that point because like it happens at like the most random like crazy times and there's no like rebuttal to it it's like you just quit because you lost and it's hilarious like every single time it's weird to
0: me. Why I don't understand the the whole concept of rage quitting. Mm. Like, I just play games to have fun, and like, I don't know. I get like a little bit of like good natured shit talking. Um, yeah. But man, people take games so se- they they take them so seriously. And the people I feel like who who overreact the most, who 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 are the the meanest, or who just walk away and like take their ball and go home, are usually. Not great players. Yes, exactly. Like like really good players. They might talk a little bit of shit, but it's usually all in good fun. True. It's always the people who aren't that aren't that good. And it's like, come on, man, just, just enjoy A lot your- of
1: it, uh, again, a lot of it I experience supposed to be through the fighting game community, through fighting games most of the time, even though I have guns, stuff like that in games like Warzone, you know, with Call of Duty or even Halo, where, again, when you're playing a game and, and someone just can't take the idea of losing or they just don't get their way and they start raging out like that, that's usually what a, encounters a rage quit. However, with the fighting game community, there's like an extra uh, like layer of just like umph to it, like knowing that they were just like, because you know you beat them bad or you beat them bad enough to the point where they got that upset for it, there, there was time, it was actually happening yesterday. I was playing Tekken 7 for the first time because I had just been playing with Kazuya and Smash Brothers. So I wanted to go back to Tekken 7 and mess with it. And I was just beating this guy's ass like really bad in Tekken 7 online <laughs> and ranked. And it got to the point where I won two rounds. And literally, right when the round started, I was still beating him down. That's when you get that desyncing error. That's when you start to, when you see that, it's just like, oh my God, I think, I think we caught another one today. Like that, it's just really, <laughs> it's just, there's, there's something funny about it. It just starts to get you giddy.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I'm terrible at fighting games. Like I, I enjoy them and I'm okay, I guess. Uh. But if I were in any sort of competitive scenario, I just don't play them enough. I mean, I've played them for a long time. I think I started with like Street Fighter 2 way, yeah. way, 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 way back in the day. Same. Like in arcades, Mortal Kombat. That in Mortal arcades. Kombat 2
1: for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: and um, and I enjoyed them and I've played them ever since. But it's like with some games, I feel like I've gotten pretty good. But with fighting games, I've always kind of just been a casual Um, so I'm always fine with getting my ass kicked. And there's nothing wrong with that. Honestly, there's (laughs)
1: nothing wrong with that. that. (laughs) You, you see a lot of people in, in the fighting game community, or even especially online on social media and stuff, when it comes to talking about fighting games where they don't understand, like, that's okay to be like that. Because I mean, there's the whole industry aspect and the business aspect where casual players are the ones that really buy games. They're the ones that keep all this stuff like sustainable, but also just for the fact that they're just there to enjoy. And that's what keeps your community thriving because there's always people Mm -hmm. to play with online and also in person at the arcades. or at events like Evo and stuff. There's always those casual players where you're always going to be able to find a match with someone and then just enjoy the games as a package, as an experience. I think that you get way too many people that want to be competitive and they want to be like, you know, they want to reach that same upper echelon as you see from a lot of these other players that get these accolades and stuff but they don't understand it's like okay you still got to have fun with it along the way rather than just like killing right. the fun with your competitiveness all the time
0: uh-huh no that's such that's so true yeah, yeah i mean they are games right we're supposed to real. we're supposed to enjoy them they're for fun yeah um, ultimately i mean that's you know i think we've seen people that kind of mock the idea that you should that you should ultimately rate a game based on its fun factor but but really you should i mean that is kind of the core of what games are about yeah. even serious games right even like serious single player games like the last of us part 2 or something oh yeah i had so a i had a whole thing depressing. with that last year like, <laughs> like the funny
1: thing is is that the whole the whole cuz like, it's funny enough that you mention this cuz like i was not too long ago having a conversation about reviewing games in general you know as, as packages because the way i look at it is that there's multiple parts to a game that people will gravitate towards one or the other but in essence like you got to look at the entire package it's like okay was this experience quote unquote really something that you Enjoy putting the time into whether it's right. The Last of Us Part Two, whether it's Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, whether it's Super Mario Odyssey. Like it doesn't matter what type of game. At the end of the day, if you enjoyed it, if you like the mm-hmm. time, the hours you put into it, that speaks testament to how good that game and that package is put together. And totally. I think that everybody gets so caught up on these meaningless other things. Sometimes stuff that's not even about the game itself. That's like outside of the game. Like like when you see some of the reviews of people that are reviewing games and they're dogging these scores over stuff that has nothing to do with what's inside of there. Like what happened to Far Cry Five. Far Cry 5 is a perfect example of stuff like that. Or even Ghost of Tsushima. When Ghost of Tsushima came out, a lot of people were really enjoying it. But then you had other people like criticizing it a little bit more harshly because they didn't want it to get a higher score than The Last of Us Part 2. It's like it's stupid stuff that people get yeah, caught up ridiculous. on. That's like silly.
0: Yeah. It's like, okay, these are, first of all, these are both PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're totally different genres, completely different They games. look like, great. Who cares which one gets, they both look great. Yeah. I mean, I personally like Ghost more than The Last of Us just because. It's more my style of game, and mm. I found The Last of Us Part Two just very depressing. Yeah, I don't know if like I don't know if um, it released at the best time <laughs> in the world, like for yeah, people true. who maybe didn't <laughs> want something really depressing. But that you know that that's a game also, you know, where as a critic you look at it in terms of its overall quality, which I think was outstanding, versus kind of some of its, um, you, you know, I didn't really care for the story that much. But I can still recognize that the game itself was really well produced um, and just kind of a an extraordinary uh, you know what the
1: problem around? with that is though it, it's usually a lot of people and i think most people agree with you and me on that stuff because i think we, we both agree on like you know the game is good for what it is it might have not have mm. been the best game for us personally that year like for me it was either ghost of Tsushima, hades or final fantasy 7 remake was for 2020 for me like that and that a that's game. still yeah. testament to how great that year was of all these different games and last of us being part of that conversation for some people but what you get is that people that sometimes get too caught up on the conversation about games online especially especially through social media, that it lets them taint their ability to just sit down and play and enjoy and just take in what the games mm-hmm. give you. Because if you go into The Last of Us Part Two with all the leaks, with all the craziness, with all the nonsense from like, you know, whether it's Naughty Dog or YouTubers and all this stuff, that's going to yeah. completely... So much drama. So much drama <laughs> and, and crazy stuff that has nothing to do with what the game's going to show you, what the game's going to give you. Like you're, you're already going in there tainted and stuff. Now, granted, one of the things I tried to do that I did with The Last of Us Part One is that I played it far removed from its release. And I actually, with The Last of Us Part I I played it. I think it was like a couple months, if not a little bit more, after it came out because I got the Last of Us. I got the Last of Us on PlayStation Three, and I think that's how I played it. But it was mad late, and then I got the Last of Us Remaster on PlayStation Four yeah. afterwards, and I played mm-hmm. it like that. And I really enjoyed that game. So I did something similar Very with good. Last of Us Part Two, where I played it like uh, I, I think it was about I think Last of Us Part Two came out early in twenty twenty or like mid twenty twenty, something it was like that. June, June. Oh, it was yeah. June. Okay, so yeah, so mid twenty twenty, I played it like towards I want to say like you know December January of this year like that and I was like you know what I'm far away from all this other noise and all these other opinions and stuff, because people still talk about the game, but not like to the extent that it was happening during then. And it's like, I just accepted what the game gave to me. And I'll tell you right now, I still think that it's a technological Marvel for the PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. It's a great game as far as like making a game look and seem like art, or at least trying to do more than just be an experience where you could just sit there and play mindlessly. I think Mm -hmm. that's good. But if you're talking about the best games of the year, like what does that really mean to me personally? It's not going to always line up to what everybody else says.
0: Yeah, I can't because I mean ultimately there's so many subjective factors. You know, what you enjoy is going to be radically different from what, you know, I enjoy or somebody else enjoys. Definitely. And that's okay. That's why that's why it's so that's why it's so great that we have so many games to choose from. Too sure. many games to choose there's from. There's a lot it's like never overwhelming enough time, the number of games. I know. Never enough time. I, mm. I was I was just talking with uh the developers of um Darkest Dungeon, mm. uh, which is gonna be one of these podcasts here in the coming weeks about how when that game came out in 26 2015 I think it came out in early access you know there there were a lot of games coming out on steam but just compared to you know now it's it it's nothing yeah i mean every year there are so many more games and it's just it's so hard to keep track of them i remember back you know back in 2015 or 2014 2013 in that period of, you know, a new indie game would come out and like you'd know about it you know ftl yeah. comes out Darkest dungeon comes out, you know you'd hear about it you'd know about it nowadays it's like Holy shit, I can't keep up with all these yeah, games. Yeah, there's none And that it's fun. great because there's something for everyone, but like, <laughs> as in terms of like actually, it must be hard also for a lot of these developers to even get any sort of
1: attention. You yeah, know, just to, to find a good release date. To, the- to find the mm-hmm. best release date and the time frame where oh, that, yeah. that's like got to be a huge shot, especially for AAA devs, but I can only imagine for Indie devs because like you got to watch out for all the big games that you know people are going to play. You got to watch out for all the games that you know people are going to download, whether it's the eShop or even on mm-hmm. Steam, you know, through Greenlight or Early Access, whatever else. Just, going through the headache of just looking at a calendar and really realizing like it's like pick your poison almost it's like there's all this yeah. like your cold entire calendar could be filled up because there's so many freaking releases and by the way that's not even t- taken into account when certain games just blow up for no reason like among us among us mm-hmm. came out mad early i think it was like, like a couple uh, years ago and then just blew up because a random youtuber that was popular played it and everybody else caught on to it afterwards like that is the same yeah. thing with five nights at freddys yeah. same exact thing
0: mm-hmm or, or uh, Valheim yeah has gotten huge and yeah there's the you know and you just it's so it's impossible to predict it has it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how good the game is it is it is a it is a combination of factors of quality of just luck yeah luck, luck huge, really <laughs> right <laughs> I mean timing luck all these things that you really can't control and uh and then it's like and then as you know someone trying to cover games it's very difficult to keep up with that yeah. And I'm sure that's you know a, it's it's a good struggle to have. But uh, Hmm. I am always, I'm kind of always in this state of perpetual feeling like I'm behind on everything.
1: No, (laughs) honestly, I I relate to that.
0: There's all those games. And I haven't finished those. And I haven't finished that, one. that. And, you know, I played. Like, like I yeah, said. I think <laughs> a lot of people mm-hmm. do in this business, you know? The thing I is, it's like,
1: like I mentioned earlier, like I haven't even played Returnal yet. And that was technically the first yeah. real PS5 game that people could really play before Ratchet It's and a Clank. really
0: cool game, too. Yeah. Yeah, but, I think you really should. And, and
1: even on top neat. of that, keep in mind, like I obviously I haven't gotten a Series X yet and there's still games I want to get ready to play because I know towards the end of the year we're going to get Halo and stuff. But then mm-hmm. you look at the Nintendo Switch, there's all the other like Nintendo first party games, which, you know, especially being a youtuber where sometimes you don't always have that access to like you know different publishers to give you games and stuff or pr to do so that always adds up on top of that with money so that also dictates sometimes mm-hmm. people's buying decisions or at least their content making decisions over time over the course of the year so i think at, at some point you just got to come to peace with it and just like make a decision like okay this 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 and this is what i'm going to play this one going to talk about this one i'm going to review and that's what i at least you know what i'm going to do for most of my year because Keep in mind also, I think a lot of content creators and a lot of other people forget just because you're in the business like that doesn't mean you always have to play every single game and make content about it. Right. There's been games I've it's gotten. Impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Like there's been certain games like Fire Emblem Three Houses, big game for a lot of people on YouTube and stuff. Mm-hmm. I picked up that game and I just played it on my own time. Like I didn't want to sit there and go through yeah. the process of making a review on top of everything else like that because sometimes yeah, it's just you got to do that
0: too. Yeah. Playing games for fun, even you think that like as you know, reviewers or YouTubers, content creators would... Mm-hmm. Always be having fun with everything they're playing, but sometimes it's not. Oh, hell no! Sometimes if it is for work, you're just like, dude, okay, I had to review Shemu three. To-
1: I had to review Shemu yeah. <laughs> three, and I was one of the few people during that launch when it came out that was the only person that was saying this game is horrible. This game is bad, but dude. I remember <laughs> looking online and seeing people give this game nines and tens. I'm like, you guys are not playing the same game I'm playing right now because like the game broke on me. I remember like a couple huh. times, and yeah. I'm like, the hell is this? But you still gotta like haul through that. You know, in order to like, you know, give it its due and at least try to play the game to completion. But there's like multiple instances where that's happened to me. And I'm like, I just do not want to play this at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I'm, I'm terrible because I will just, I will just give up. If a game's not catching me, I, I'll often just be like, nope, not good. And I think, you know, I think that what I, my goals right now as, you know, as a reviewer are just just to at least write more impressions pieces, mm. even if I'm not doing full reviews. Because you know there are people who write who who come out with very in-depth full reviews, and I will do that once in a while. But I I just don't think I have the time for it. You know what I, it is? I think I'd rather play more games and and create more. Like, is this is the first couple hours of this game fun or not? I don't know.
1: You know what it is that I think also people seem to forget is that when you're doing a review, at least in the way that I was taught, the way that I've read and learned over the years and stuff, because I think that one of the biggest assets to me was looking at this guidebook that was done by Dan Stapleton for the IGN reviewers that he has. It's like this Bible of like how to do reviews and it's like their style guide for stuff. And one of the things that he says in that, and I thought that was very poignant and actually very good for people was that you don't always have to mention every single thing. Only talk about the stuff that really impacts you and stands out to you because it's one thing to yet to be super detailed. And that's great in some instances but just because something is there doesn't always mean that it has a great impact on you like if the music didn't really gravitate towards you you don't have to put like this whole two or three paragraphs about the music selection or rant on it like that's just ridiculous you know i think a lot of people tend to forget that even especially in the youtube space when they're doing videos on it because obviously they want to hit that you know watch time and all this other stuff but even then sometimes they'll just get caught up on stuff that just like okay i get it you don't need to linger on it
0: Yeah. Yeah. And every review, you know, and that's another thing. There's so many different types of reviewers and styles of reviewing and then people want different things out of their reviews. Uh, some, one reviewer might talk more about story or might talk more about how a game made them feel or, or another might go into every little nitty gritty thing. And there are some that are so detailed. It's kind of insane. And they come out with three and a half long treatises on this, on (laughs) on a video game. And it's like, That's not for me either on either end. I won't make a a video that's three and a half hours long and I won't watch a video that's three and a half hours. That's overkill,
1: dude. Like Angry Joe. Angry Joe gets like an hour and like something he hits that like hour mark sometimes. And it's like, okay, I get he's got skits and the whole thing like that, but he's pretty darn detailed. When you start getting beyond that point, that's like, Jesus Christ, like it's, yeah it's and as a writer
0: first like for me <laughs> it's I've always been taught economy right so cut back cut back cut back trim drink, the fat. only put in put in what you know trim the fat so for me it's like a you know i think my last of us 2 review is one of the longest i've written and that's probably about as long as I'll ever go on a review.
1: That, you, you know, know what's I cool? I didn't make a video about that, but it's, I it was it's pretty long. <laughs> it's funny you mention that because you know what I think is really cool that I don't think a lot of people really think about. I always felt like learning how to write and especially you know write articles, write editorial stuff helped me become a better video producer, or video creator. Because right. I feel I'm like sure. writing the the scripts and stuff, you know, learning how to write actually write editorials like that, you come up with some of those same principles that you apply to writing those editorials you put into your script writing. And I think a lot of people just don't yeah. like realize that. You get a lot of people, Well, they do great content and stuff, when they write their scripts and stuff, they just never really cared to or wanted to learn how to write first of all. And I feel like Mm -hmm. that's just like neglecting a huge tool and a huge asset in your arsenal.
0: You know, what's funny is I think it works the other way. Also, like as someone who's mostly just (laughs) written things, and then a lot of my YouTube content is just extemporaneous. I just sort of talk off the top of my head. But as I've started to write a couple different scripts for YouTube, where I read them out loud, I'll then change how I write. So it works both ways. Like it's helpful to learn how to write, and then it's helpful to read out loud what you've oh, written. Of course, yeah. Because then you can then you then you go back and you think, well, that doesn't sound natural. Yeah. Like, sound, how do you naturally talk? You know? Like, how does this sound when you yeah. say it?
1: Like, if it sounds awkward, then change it. Like that's I've always right. heard and that there, when it comes to writing. Yeah.
0: There's such a difference too when you're writing and all you do is read it, but when you say it, that, that's you know it, it's, it's 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 a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty interesting as I get back into YouTube and. And just sort of experiment with with you know that process, yeah. Um, which I you know I feel very much like a novice. You know, it's funny like I've written for years, but going and writing for YouTube is a whole new thing that I'm just sort of just barely getting. It's like into. a muscle. You the and more you do whole, it, the better. Yeah. The mm-hmm. more you do it, the better. Yeah. Like
1: I, I learned that when I first started with YouTube years ago, it was the same thing. Cause my older YouTube videos are terrible. Like they're whack. Like I look <laughs> back at them now and it's like, it's true for every single person. Like you look back at your older work yeah. and you're like your worst own critic, but you also see the progress with it because you pick up little mm-hmm. things here and there, but you also get really creative, creatively good at finding different ways to make things work and less time, which I feel like is a huge asset for people. The more that you do it totally like that.
0: What's really fun is when you go back on, on some older work and you're like, oh, this is actually good. Yeah. Or you can <laughs> upgrade that. On it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, for a long time, yeah, everything I'd, I'd go back, you know, a few months and read something and I'd be like, oh God, that was terrible. How did I, how did I put that out there? It's like, what's this then, garbage? Then you, then, yeah. And then later you go back and you look at something and you're a little scared. You're like, oh, I don't know. I'm going to read this. It's going to be terrible. And you read it and you're like, oh, it's that actually pretty good. Yeah. Like, there's a typo, though. Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> Motherfucker, typo. <laughs> start becoming your own editor. Start like just taking up lines and stuff. I've done that. A I am times. my <laughs> own
0: editor, man. We don't have editors at Forbes, <laughs> so I've been my own editor for a decade, um, which which is a challenge, but also. Very freeing, super helpful. You know, just I, think. To be able to, I think it's super helpful yeah, because
1: it, at times like I've had myself in positions where I've wanted other people to read my work, but there won't always be somebody there to give me like the extra pair of eyes. Mm-hmm. Stuff, so I'm kind of just forced to do it. And it's like, okay, you know what? Yeah. I might as well just learn and just do that on my own. So that way it just makes things go smoother.
0: Yeah. And then the whole process writing, writing is such an interesting <laughs> thing because it's, it's, it doesn't sound hard, but it is like, sometimes I'll be able to write just it's like the words flow out of me, like, like a river. And I'm like, yes, everything's going great. And then other times I'll sit there and I'll just, It'll be like running up and uh, running face first. That happens me so much. Over and over and over again. And it's just like, you just got to stop. When you got to like, walk
1: away. You, you can't push through. You got to yeah. walk away because in all I've, if, I've had times yeah. where I'm trying to write a review. Like I, I played a game. I, I felt like what I had, I felt like I've gotten what I gotten out of it and stuff. And I go to, to write and stuff and I just can't put the words together. So I'll just like go walk mm-hmm. around for like an hour or something or go do something else. Yeah. And later that evening, then it'll just hit like that, like a bolt of lightning. Like you just sometimes just yeah. got to walk away.
0: Sometimes you need uh, you need some exercise. Sometimes you just need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you need to just do some yeah write something else in between. It's, I like having it's, after yeah, eating. Yeah, eat exactly. <laughs> eat and then go to bed and then yeah. No the, uh, exercise is one of the big ones for me. I yeah. I always feel like my mind is repaired at, when I really work out hard, and so I've been trying to do that a lot more. Um, and I, like yesterday, I was I just could not get anything that I was pleased with, and then I, I went to an Orange Theory class and I. Got my ass kicked really bad, and then afterwards I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm ready to write." Came back out as a super sick ready to write, (laughs) which lasted for like an hour until my body was like, "No, you're fucking tired. Go to bed. Go watch TV." Um, That's yeah, that's the that's the trick, you know. The balance. It's always about balance, definitely. Um, So so uh, what. What are you looking for? There's quite a few games on the release mm-hmm. schedule. Are there any any titles that you're like really excited about? Or I'm trying to think, like of? off
1: the top of my head, like ones that I know are like coming soon. Like, there's a few that I can think of immediately. Like No More Heroes 3, I think comes out in August, which is a big deal for a lot of people. Because for me personally, I've reviewed all the No More Heroes games on my YouTube channel, and I want to complete, you know, continue that trend doing that for for all the people that have watched those videos. But then you got stuff like Skyward Sword HD, which I think is in like two weeks mm-hmm. the time we're recording this. So yeah. I never sat That'll down see. and fully played through Skyward Sword. So I'm definitely going to probably pick that up and just play it. Maybe do stuff with it for YouTube or whatnot. But I know like down the line, like obviously I want to play games like Halo, but I got to get a Series X first, you know, to play Halo Infinite, like a fine one.
0: Although you can play it's it's coming out on Xbox One, isn't
1: it? Yeah, but I don't have an Xbox anymore. I used to have an Xbox One oh, anymore, okay. but I ended up getting rid of it because the, the Xbox One, that was a launch Xbox One and it was like starting to like mm-hmm, to wear down terrible. after years, you know, of like using mm-hmm. it and stuff. But like there'll be games like that um, uh, I mean, I was hoping for certain games that were pretty big that people were talking about and stuff that were gonna make that like end of the year, that that quarter four, but ended up getting pushed out to 2022. So so obviously like God of War, uh Horizon uh, Forbidden West, stuff like that, which I know I'm gonna want to play. And now there's even talk about a Ghost of Tsushima sequel, or, you know, at least down the oh, line. No,
0: yeah, they or well th- there's there's the they just announced the director's cut.
1: Yeah, that too. Did you hear
0: about that? Yes, that's uh, with the new island with the uh the new Island. Yeah, which, so that's going to be a lot a lot of new content which I'm excited there, about. There's a lot That was I, a great game. I just Yeah, it. it was. Yeah, I, um and yeah, that comes out August 20th, so mm. that's right around the corner. Um PS4 and PS5. Uh, one thing I never really got into is the
1: multiplayer on Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, like, either. I, mean, I, I never cared yeah. for it. Like, that's the thing. That's like the, yeah. the Mass Effect multiplayer. Like, I know a lot of people like that mm, for whatever yeah. it is. Like, I know those I are like games that. that I just feel like they, they're just so, to me, they just stand out of single player experiences. It's like, if yeah, yes. I was good after I played Ghost of Tsushima, I didn't want to go to play the multiplayer. Like, I was just like, I don't care for this. Like, there's other games I want to yeah. play right now. But like, I feel like I'm good with this game.
0: Well, there's there's other games that are multiplayer focused that are just you know that I've I've already got my multi my multiplayer yeah fix pretty much you know so like I go to play Ghost of Tsushima or Mass Effect Legendary Edition or something like that I just want to play the, the the single player campaigns and if I want to play multiplayer I'm gonna hop into some Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War yeah. or some Fortnite or something like that because yeah. that's that. You know, that's just what I enjoy. Um, Destiny Two, maybe. Although I, I am pretty. I played enough with Destiny. Destiny Two. Oh my god, because <laughs> no, I, I was
1: part of the the review cycle with that. Where it was like we, we went through the whole thing of like reviewing the game early and just playing that, and then doing all the DLC over the, all those years. So that was a lot of freaking Destiny Two. I was like, you know what? I'm yeah. good. I don't need this game anymore. Like, I'm done with you. Like, it's too much. I have
0: a lot of friends that are this in the same boat. My brother was a really big Destiny 2 player, like obsessively so. And now none of them play
1: it. Dude, that's the only like, reason why I, I, just- never I never got into Anthem. I never got into Anthem. I never got into a couple other games that are mm. very similar to it. Even Avengers. Like, I played the beta for Avengers and I saw like how similar it was to Destiny 2 in, in some respects. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff pulled from it and Th- there's other problems with that game there's other things of why that game didn't really like click with me but it's like you know i had enough of that fix of that style of multiplayer game of like looter shooter or whatever it's just like it's it's just enough like i wanted to play something yeah. else i felt like i was yearning for something else
0: no i hear that yeah the looters are not my <laughs> you know not my real cup of tea it's just you have to what i don't like about something like destiny or some of these games is just the the need to constantly stay up on the game yeah like if you if you if you take a break you find yourself in like feeling really behind yeah and that's not i I never really enjoyed that feeling like oh crap i gotta catch up now i gotta like play this game a ton to catch up i guess that's why i like call of duty because it's like it doesn't it's just quick you just drop in drop out get in you play i mean yeah you unlock things you unlock attachments you unlock guns but but it's not really that important and you just do it as you play you don't have to like do anything extra Mm. or you know it's but it's also kind of, the other thing is who, you know, if you have friends playing games, you know, if you've True. got a squad in one game, you're going to play it more than this this other game. So that, especially with something like Destiny 2, um, playing with randoms, you oh, know, hell is, no. <laughs> it's, it's key, man it's hell, risky it's hell like, no yeah. you get to the final boss and the strike and it's like oh great dude we'll trying to do the raid, raid with randoms is the worst it. like yeah. that's oh, the yeah, worst no, thing yeah. to do
1: ever like the problem is I, I never really liked the raids too too much even though they were <laughs> very cool and there's like awesome when you have a great group of people those are awesome yeah however like with with the the raid specifically i feel like if you don't do them you're missing out on a huge section of the game but also mm-hmm. if if you're forced to do them at some point you have to get paired up with randoms. It's just not going to have that same level of experience. It's not going to have that same chemistry totally. that you would get with people that you would know that you would want to coordinate with and stuff. And I really hate sometimes with games like that where it almost requires you to do that in order to get like the full experience of them. It just feels like you mm-hmm. know, you're just gatekeeping a certain element of this game away from certain people who just can't do that for one reason or another.
0: Yeah. And that's a tricky balance to strike because, you know, for the people who do raid in that game, you know, it's a, it's a major uh, component of what they enjoy about the games but for a lot of people it's never going to be really accessible or doable mm. um and it's and i don't know if there's a way to make it more accessible just the nature of those raids they're so in-depth and they really require teamwork and it's yeah. just never going to be uh and that's that's too bad i, I don't know i don't know I, I guess you know i'm fine with it in, in the in the long run because at least some people are really having a good time true um and i've got yeah i can do other things um yeah, let's see. So yeah, Halo Infinite, mm. I am looking forward to that. That one's been a, uh, a bit controversial. It's interesting yeah. when it when they first showed off the gameplay uh, reveal, I was like, cool, it looks like Halo, but a lot of people were like, it looks it, like shit yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand I like,
1: that like people were saying that game looks okay, like trash like i i get i saw the screenshots i saw everything that everybody else saw and yeah. stuff i get it but that game didn't look like trash like let's be real for a no. second like there's certain games out there like the, the the freaking uh dark alliance game that came out recently that angry joe just recently yeah. reviewed. that's a game that's trash but not solely just because of how <laughs> it looks and stuff but like you can really tell immediately when a game is trash or when it looks like trash and i think people throw that term around too loosely
0: Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that Dark Alliance game, um, it's just too repetitive. It's hard as buggy, it's its biggest like problem. really bad. <laughs> it's buggy. It's repetitive. It's just it needed more more time and needed mm. a little more love. Um, Halo Infinite, yeah, I think it looked I mean, it just looked like looked like a Halo. Halo game. I think people were expecting <laughs> to, they yeah they were expecting something that looked a lot like more like you know um, flagship next gen game. And I get that. Hmm. Um, but I think I'm still the, you know, the still the kind of gamer who's just way more interested in how it plays than how yeah. it works. I mean, I like graphics. I love the new Demon Souls like remake because it just looks so damn good. But yeah. is it any more fun than the PS3 Demon Souls? Um, well, it's the same it thing is really because of certain, <laughs> th- there's there's certain like quality of life improvements like being able to send stuff to storage that make it more fun, but it's not because it looks better. Hmm. It's just I mean, I guess the frames are better too, but really, yeah. like my experience playing Demon Souls on PS3 and my experience on PS5 is very similar because it's really the game play that 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 does it for me. And um, so, Halo, you know, what I want from Halo Infinite is not for it is just for it to not be Halo Five because hmm. Halo Five was was. Had a really bad, bad campaign. All all I want is the same. I want the
1: same vibe (laughs) that I got when I was playing Halo 2 or Halo 3 back in the day. That's all I want. Like, you could do the original Halo. Like, like, or the original Halo. Like, just that (laughs) that fun factor that you got, which is why I think that we got a lot during that Xbox presentation where they were showing the multiplayer, that they were showing it a little bit more than anything else. I think they were trying to maybe convey that a little bit. But that's Mm. all I want. Like, I mean, they could do whatever they want with the story. You know, I'm not too deep into the Halo lore, like with all the crazy stuff from all the spinoff games and the novels and stuff. But like I do love playing Halo multiplayer and I do love playing legendary co-op with my, you know, my brother or like whoever else. Like that stuff is always going to yeah. be fun to me. So as long as they give me that type of vibe and that type of experience, I'm good.
0: I am feeling pretty optimistic about it. I think the delay was smart. I think that they're giving themselves enough time to actually yeah. put out a polished product and not just, you know, there was I'm sure there was the temptation just to get that launched with the Xbox Series X, True. but I think then we would have had you know, another
1: Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk I think you know, something you know that's like, funny enough. I think a lot of <laughs> games that are going to be coming out over the next like year or so are probably, you know, a lot of them are going to take more delays a little bit more often than what we see because of what happened with that game, or at least, you know, noticing the yeah. reaction to that for
0: real, yeah, that would be smart. Yeah um let's see there's battlefield 2042 i saw that looks looks cool Looks pretty good yeah yeah i am not a huge i'm more of a call of duty player than a Mm. battlefield player when it comes to like the the military shooters um just because i never i never cared for the gunplay as much Mm. just like you're on these huge maps and it just never feels quite as tight or as intimate as like a smaller uh yeah that's true or or 2v2 um but it's they're still fun and this one does look like it's going to be uh you know the, that near future setting looks cool and those like crazy um, like instances
1: like with the tornado stuff i hope those aren't like pre- yeah like determined like prescripted events so far they're a little bit more dynamic right. than what they might seem
0: yeah like sim city mm. <laughs> <laughs> like I maybe mean, sim city suddenly you'd have like the tornado come through the town or like the godzilla would come up through the town just randomly that'd be cool and you know and just just a random like weather events happening that, that were different every match that mm. that does sound
1: pretty sweet yeah
0: um what else is coming out? We got Elden Ring that comes out. I'm in not January. huge. I'm not
1: huge into Elden Ring. I know there's a lot of people that are excited about this and those are really the people that love the soul style games. I've been open uh, was, about I how I mean I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of it the one that's kind of like really easing me into this was jedi fallen order was that and also Se- I did, I really and Sekiro. That. and and yeah. i had a lot of fun with it like i really dug it not just as a star wars fan but like really opening up a little bit more to that style of game but like i'm still mm-hmm. like i i know that elden ring is going to be a big deal for a lot of people but for me personally it's like okay that's cool maybe i'll get to it that's how i'm feeling like yeah. at least at the moment
0: well you're a terrible person I'm just <laughs> <laughs> um yeah jedi fallen uh or yeah jedi fallen order was uh that was such an interesting game because, you know, of course, it was uh, Respawn. Yeah. And they had made the Titanfall games, and they're behind Apex Legend. Mm-hmm. And, of course, those guys founded uh, Infinity Ward and yeah. Call of Duty. And so here you had all the like, shooter, 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 different kinds That's of shooters. It's really different for all them. In that, and <laughs> then suddenly, you know, it's kind of like when Guerrilla came out with Horizon um Zero After Killzone. Bomb, which, after Killzone, after Killzone, after Killzone, then boom. Um, and... You know, I, I guess I wasn't huge into Horizon. I found Horizon Zero Dawn. I feel like it suffered from some of the same things that like The Last of Us does, which is just hmm. you have to pick up too much shit all the time. I'm kind of sick of that in video games where you're constantly having to pick stuff up and craft things. Hmm. Pick stuff up and craft things. I, I, I
1: that's just, that's a Sony you know, game like, thing. Like honestly, like uh, multiple games is. are from Sony from PlayStation Four and even PS Five uh-huh. are like that. Like God of War has it. I think. I, uh, what is it? Yeah. Ghost of Shima has it. Bad, <laughs> like, yeah. So many. Like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Ghost of Tsushima does it better. I, I I think it improved on like almost all those sort of Sony ticks. But um yeah. but yeah, like with The Last of Us, like why do I have to pick up two different items and then craft them into a med kit? Just give me a med kit. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like I don't need to spend my time doing that. At least again, mix it again, up like a little time. bit more. Like a little yeah, bit like that. Yeah, or maybe yeah, maybe give upgrades or something, or you can craft a better med kit. I don't know. Or just have the crafting be for like in Far Cry they have um you know you can get different pouch like craft better pouches and stuff mm. like can hold more stuff i don't know i just feel like there needs to be well ubisoft is terrible about about just w- wasting people's time yeah <laughs> well, well there's so much stuff so to much do so much busy work <laughs> right it's too much <laughs> You know, I've been talking about uh, Mafia. They came out with the the remake of Mo- mm. the original Mafia game. Did you play that? No, I didn't
1: play it cuz I'm not I'm not into Mafia as much cuz again, it's like one of those style of games It's like a little bit more open world. It's got a little bit like yeah. GTA to it. Like it's just I'm not there's too many games. Never just never really got to yeah. it. Yeah.
0: What was interesting about Mafia though, and I hadn't played it when it first came out, so it was my first dive into it. But it's very much like GTA, like a GTA 5 or something, mm-hmm. you know. It's with with mobsters and um but there's just like no side quests. There's almost no little side things to do. So you've got the open world that you can drive around, but there's not like a thousand icons on the map to go Mm. and do shit. So it's actually really linear. And I kind of loved it because Mm. of that, because it was like, you got that same feeling of driving around the city, really cool, like, uh, you know, period cars and buildings and, and, but you didn't have to go like solve a bunch of different quests on the way. Like you just followed the story. And that was really cool. Maybe, like, maybe. I think I want more games like this. <laughs> maybe
1: like to me, like when I see that and again, having not played it, like, do you think maybe if they probably had a little bit there, like maybe, maybe it's a balancing of just, just being an over abundant, overbearing amount of stuff mm-hmm. to do. That's just like insignificant. Maybe there was just like a little bit there to give that world a little bit more life to it. That seems like it'd be like a really nice balance for something like that, or at least probably yeah. make that experience better. Well, I think
0: that uh, going back to, again to Ghost of Tsushima, <laughs> that it it did a it did strike a pretty good balance. There was a lot to do, but it was all done so creatively. And like, you could get around easy too,
1: which is great. You
0: get around easy, and I loved like how the wind would guide you places, yeah. and you'd you know little things like you, the fox would pop up and guide mm-hmm. you to the little shrine. Like those were not things you necessarily had to seek out or that like took over your time. It was just it was just like oh, there's a fox. I'm gonna go follow it. Um, rather than oh look, there's a billion things to go click on the map, and then like side missions all had really good stories. Yeah, that you could follow. Like one it felt like piece there was some significance time. there. Like it wasn't like just uh-huh. the,
1: it's not like an Assassin's Creed where it's like you got all these flags all over the place and they hardly uh-huh, do anything, exactly. or like all these random assassinations you got to do and they don't mean anything. It's like okay, at least right. it, there's a little bit more there for putting that time into it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You make make the content. And same thing like in Witcher 3, I thought that that game went a little overboard with all the different little side things that you can do. But some of those side missions were the best content in the game. Dope. (laughs) Dope. Like really good. I still feel like they could have pulled back on some of all that side content so that it wasn't quite so ubiquitous and overwhelming. And just focused on those really good side missions instead. Mm. But, you know, I think this is the the experiment with open world games. P, you know, as soon as we started going open world, everybody went crazy. And True. there was just huge open. They're like, this world is 400 times bigger than
1: Skyrim. And there's 1
0: billion quests that's the, that's to do. The banjo and never that's finished. the Banjo-Tooie
1: effect where the world just got ridiculously huge. And it's just like, yeah, oh my God. it's bigger and bigger. And it's like,
0: maybe we don't want it that much bigger. Maybe we just want it more... Uh, nicer (laughs) yeah nicer yeah like how about it like a prettier uh denser world with more interesting things to do rather than just more things to do Hmm. I think I don't know maybe I I, maybe a lot of gamers do just love what I don't love is that I do feel like a completionist when I play games Mm -hmm. like it's a weird obsessive thing that I don't necessarily want to do but I feel like I have to do and so when I'm in a game like that I get that I get that sort of gamers block where I'm like, Nope, there's just too much. You I know can't what's do funny? It's funny. And you I'm say that. Stop. <laughs> it's a hundred percent funny
1: that you say that. Cause ratchet and clank does this perfectly. I, I realized that I ended up completing that game without actually wanting to do that. And I just mm. did that just naturally where I just started getting all mm. the little bots or getting the, the bolts in order to buy all the weapons or finding all these other like little hidden things to upgrade my weapons. I just did that just, you know, naturally, you know, with a need to do it, like that just grew over time without actually like putting down It's like, okay, I'm going to devote time to finding all the golden bolts or a, kind of devote time to getting yeah. all these extra things and it was just like before i knew it like my entire game was like 100 and i was like okay this was pretty cool to do that
0: that's awesome yeah i'm not, I'm not very far <laughs> into that um i've really enjoyed it so far i mean i loved ratchet and clank back on like the ps2 yeah that was one of that was one of my favorite games and then there was the um, sort of remake on ps4 that mm-hmm. was really great And this one the one the one thing at first in the game and i think i sort of <laughs> got used to it the only complaint i have so far was that I mean, it looks gorgeous and it's beautiful, yeah. and there's so much going on. But sometimes there's so much going on that I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, it's too much. There's it's, certain there's planets that are too big.
1: There's certain planets they're, that are way too big. big. Well,
0: they're, and there's just so busy. There's so many things to look at that I'm that like bad guys will be attacking mm-hmm. me. And I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old or something but a bad guys will be attacking me and I'm like, I can't even see where they all are because there's just so much
1: stuff. There so are certain planets so where I feel like that, like there's a lot of empty space where it's just clearly just going from point A to point B. Like I think it's Sargassio, yeah. which is like a huge planet where you get these like jet boots where you just start going in like different directions, exploring and stuff. And there's like, it's like, just these wide open spaces where nothing's going on there for a while, mm. and I, even though it looks gorgeous, it does look beautiful in as far as like the sense of scale and like some of the stuff that you see far off into the distance that look great. But like I'm with you, like okay, like maybe this is just a little bit too big. I'd rather take some of the smaller stages like you get in some other areas yeah. of the game.
0: Yeah, and I'm a, I'm I'm a big <laughs> advocate for level design. So any any area where it feels like there's been a lot of care taken into de- designing a, a an interesting level to explore, you know uh that i i prefer to big to bigness mm. you know um and again that's one reason i like dark souls so much is that it's not quite open world there's so much care that goes into level design yeah. um and cuz i guess maybe that's just old school like getting you know get, get, growing up with with games that are uh more linear mm. with with or like metroid uh or you know castlevania where these where the levels themselves are so intricately put together and then going to open world where it's just like, it's just, a, it's just open. Like it's not a level. It's just a like, field, you got freedom, you know?
1: but it's like that freedom just doesn't always have something significant for you. Like it's just right. like
0: you're, you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean like the first time I played dark souls and I, I'm sorry. I know you're not into these games, but there's <laughs> the, the opening area of the undead Berg, you, you fight your way through this level and it's very difficult when you're not used to the games and you finally get around to, this ladder that you kick down and it takes you back to the beginning of the level and it becomes a shortcut yeah. that you can just skip all that. And it's so brilliant. It's like, it's like, holy shit. Like I can just, now I can just, I can save this, this headache and I'm over here oh, like an and I'm going to do this part that I died at 20 times. And, and it's just brilliant. And you, and you don't see that in, in, in like what we consider open world games because they're just open and you can just fast travel. Exactly. Or something. That's not as interesting to me or as satisfying as like, as like a, a a a level design that lets me unlock a shortcut, and that's essentially fast travel. But yeah. it's fast travel built into the into the fabric of the actual level design. Mm-hmm. And I just I love that about those games. I wish we had more of a folk. I wish that I, I I hope that not really wish, but I hope that as open world continues to evolve, that that sense of level design and and worlds that are are crafted um, vertically rather than just horizontally, mm-hmm. you know, are 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 more of the emphasis I that we you. see in the future. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I mean, something like Ghost of Tsushima really has evolved the open world experience for me and made it much more enjoyable and organic. Definitely, same here. I
1: I just like the way it was presented. It just felt good to go through that world. It was just awesome. It did. Well, I mean,
0: I would just ride around on my horse in that world. Yeah. I didn't even care if I was doing a mission. In Those the fields, like, in the fumes when you got
1: the wind blowing, it just that just oh looks beautiful. God. I remember seeing that like what they did during the one of the PlayStation conferences where they had that same layout in that huge field that you see in a lot of the shows uh-huh. and stuff. Just that just looks beautiful to me. And then seeing in game so running gorgeous. at like 60 frames, it's, it's oh my god, it's it's gorgeous.
0: <laughs> I I think the takeaway from all of this is that anyone who hasn't played Ghost of Tsushima yet, <laughs> now should go play it, get the director's cut. Yeah. Uh, uh, on PS4 or PS5, and and play it because it's it's phenomenal, and it's it makes me want to go there. Not really fight Mongols necessarily, but go there, they just chill, <laughs> and live on on one of those mountains and with the hot spring. Oh yeah, just sit in the hot spring and, and write haikus. All or, or just you know, play like, the flute. That sounds like <laughs> the little flute. <laughs> yeah, play the flute, write haikus, and I, I like also how you know how you can bow to everyone. I feel like that should be incorporated into American culture. uh uh, we you know if if everyone was bowing to everyone we might get along better and um you know especially on twitter you know everyone should be required to to bow to one another just a little like thank you like emoji yes (laughs) like we disagree but i still respect you as a human being and i'm not going to treat you like piece of shit not on twitter (laughs) not on twitter um well cool uh can you let us know where you where you can be found online sure i am um, in a bunch of places
1: man like i'm on youtube youtube.com slash gamers with games channel i post up new reviews every single week highly edited highly produced video reviews unboxings let's plays whole bunch of stuff a lot of gameplay previews and even podcasts as well i'm also on twitter at jake james lugo i'm on there every single day talking about stuff interacting with people interacting with you as well like a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. man i'm on patreon patreon.com jake James Lugo I put up exclusive content on there that's complimentary to some of the stuff that I put up on YouTube again exclusive podcasts, early access to new videos and I'm also on Twitch and Instagram uh, twitch.tv slash gamers with gains and also instagram.com slash Jake James Lugo
0: awesome well I'll put links in the description and I uh, really appreciate it and we'll have to talk again keep going over I, I like this just talking about games yeah and what's coming out and you, you play a lot so that helps me out too definitely um, man but yeah, thanks Thanks for being on. Anytime. Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Awesome. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week.